Hello and welcome to Gem Girls, the 80s cartoon podcast where we are watching, discussing, and ripping into your favorite retro cartoons with a special focus on the best worst among them all, Gem and the Holograms. I am Orphus Jones. And I'm Hakuna Matidis. And today we're going to be using the knowledge and skills we've acquired from our master's degrees in the arts to analyze every single meaningless detail in today's episode of Gem. The Music Awards Part 2. So we get to tie up all the loose strings and cliffhangers that kept us on the edge of our seats from Music Awards Part 1. Yeah, I'm still on the edge of my seat. I've been here for a whole week now. <laughs> uh, and according to Christy Marks, High Gemissary of the Land, this is the one where the runaway Starlight Girls encounter Danny, a runaway boy, and forget their own troubles as they try to rescue Danny from the dangerous schemes of an older boy. Ooh. <laughs> an, an older boy. boy. Everyone loves an older boy. Jem uh, and the Holograms choose to lose out on the valuable music award by doing a benefit for a runaway shelter. Or, not a runaway shelter. The shelter's still in place. It's a shelter for runaways. Uh, Eric sends Techrat to ruin the benefit, but Danny foils Techrat's jamming device. Really gave out the ending there, Christy. Okay. Right? Like, spoiler alert. Jeez. Uh, yeah, so this is the, uh, end of what I like to call the Deirdre saga. Uh, it's gone on for one episode too long, but here we are. Yeah, fortunately she isn't as much of a presence in this episode. Right, which I However, when... Yeah, however, her presence when it's there is still annoying. Uh, one great thing, though, because this is a two-parter and the second part of a two-parter, we get the little girl recap! Yeah! LGR! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so our little girl is still sounding infantile and intense. Um, and it reminds us that, um, you know, the music awards are happening and Deirdre and her posse of hoes have left the Starlight House because they feel unloved or something. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I love that because she's, like, calling a bitch out. Yeah. She's like, Gem and the Holograms were too busy with their fucking music award or whatever to pay attention to these orphans. Dude, yeah, our little girl tells it like it is. Um, <laughs> a nod to Bazaz being a extreme bitch by calling child services on Gem, <laughs> uh, which I loved. And then there's this benefit concert for Haven House, dances there, and then there's like this little like throwaway line that Jem is hoping the runaways will come to that benefit concert, which I'm still con so confused by. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah. And, and then the little girl recap ends with Deirdre is like a dumb bitch climbing up this, this tower to see the Misfits show. Chrissy and Bonnie are with her, and then Chrissy's gonna fall, and that's where we, the episode starts. Yeah, and we're like, oh no, is Chrissy going to plummet to her death? Um, cut to the beginning of the episode. Like, within half a second, her backpack gets caught on something. Yeah, it's good like, thing oh, she was wearing that fucking backpack that held up her entire body weight off of, like, a loose strap. <laughs> and she just, like, doesn't fall yeah, at all. Yeah, and she's totally fine. And a uh, random little boy who um, <laughs> got kicked out of his house last episode is there. He was also climbing. And he kind of is like, yo, also, little girl, come, I'll help you, or some shit. He saves her, basically. 
Yeah, he saves her. They leave the concert. They're like, wow, like, thank you, Danny. Like, you really saved my life. I also just want to point out that when they learn Danny's name, Deirdre, very sultry, is like, thanks, Danny. And I'm like, okay, you know, Deirdre wants to thank him (laughs) in more ways than one. Wow. What do you mean in what more ways than one? She wants to thank him with her words and also with her mouth. (laughs) Outside of words. (laughs) If you know what I mean. Deirdre, you know, she wants to get her. She's a, she's a tween. I get it. She got the home, those hormones kicking up. I thought you were going to say those homos. Oh, well, Danny's definitely a homo. So she's barking up the wrong tree, but still like Deirdre has needs too. Yeah. True, true, true. She needs to like, I don't know, play the field. She needs to swing at every ball that comes her way. Exactly. Cause she's going to get rejected by about 90% of them because I mean, <laughs> look at her. She's, she's Deirdre. She's Deirdre. First, her name is Deirdre. Two, that fucking hat. Three, she's the worst. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, so at this point, when they're outside of the stadium, um, Deirdre informs Danny that they're all runaways. Um, to which Chrissy like gets kind of mad. And I'm like, why, Chrissy, are you so mad? Yeah, I don't know. I in this moment, I kind of took away like the little boys, like. It's not safe for three little girls by themselves. It's like, dude, you're a little boy. At least they have numbers on your side. That's like some misogyny in action. Right. You think like three little girls is less than one little boy? Yeah, one little redhead boy. And intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Danny had like this weird like misogyny, like desire to be like, a macho man, which I didn't fully get. Yeah, like, yeah. Danny, neither. relax. Exactly. It's like, one, you just met them. Two, you're a little boy. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, it's like, I think it's like the point is driven home and how stupid that comment was. It's extra driven home because we got a goon pulling up right behind Danny being like, yo, bitch, like you're mine now. So it's like, yeah, Danny, you ain't safe either because the goon is going to get you wherever you are. Right, um, and the goon is the same one who Danny stole, like, a ticket from. Yeah, the Misfits so tickets. Goon, yeah, so the goon is a scalper, and he's basically like, listen, buddy, like, you stole a $50 ticket from me, so you have to give me $50. And he's like, I only have $1. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you broke as fuck. Uh, Chrissy offers $23, but, like, he's like, no. And uh, the, the the goon is like, Danny has to earn it, which, I mean, I don't, I, I, you know where I'm going with this. It's very sexually suggestive. True. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, that's capitalism, baby. Oh, no, 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 no. Can't, uh, Jocelyn, like, I, I clear read everything. Sorry. <laughs> it, it was very, I, I took it much more of like, ooh, that, uh, that goon's really going to have Danny turning tricks real soon. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a reasonable conclusion to jump to. And we'll see, well, um, I'll get more as to the reasons why later, because it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of homoeroticism going on. Um, for sure. And another thing that he tells, um, the, the kids is that, um, they put runaways in jail. So, like, if they don't do what he says, they're going to call the cops. No matter what. Right, which they totally buy into. And I also just kind of love it because this dude is kind of pulling a Jerrica Benton. He's, like, tricking orphans into free labor. Right. Yeah, he's totally doing that. Like, 
We're really supposed to think he's so much worse than Jerrica? Come on. Come on. Um, so this dude who we learned, I think we learned probably at some point, I don't know. His name is Mick. Uh, Mick brings him back to a creepy abandoned bus, uh, where we meet his boy <laughs> Ramon, who like Ramon, I, I, I liked Ramon's look. He had like the fingerless gloves, <laughs> the kind of like yeah. grease ball hair, uh, like Ramon, Mick, porn stars forever. I would follow their OnlyFans account is all I'm saying. Um, yeah, they were pretty hot. Like they were definitely fucking in that bus, Hundo right? E. That's like a porn bus. Exactly, exactly. Uh, if I ever saw one, and I've seen a few. <laughs> um, is this name Mick or Nick? I thought it was Mick. I kept on hearing an M. Okay, I don't know. I really don't know. Which, whichever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who cares? Mick, Nick. Same dick. We're never going to see him again. Uh, same dick. Yeah, there you go. Mick, Nick, same dick. <laughs> and I feel like it's probably pretty good. He's He's dumb, you know? How, okay, before we sexualize, sexualize him, how old is he? Because Christy Marks Call him an older describes boy. him as an older boy. Right, right, right. I thought Mick was like 37, uh, but <laughs> maybe he's 17? He's built like a house, so I don't really know what his, his that age range is. Yeah, is, are all of the men in the show just like older boys? Yeah, older boys. I'm an older boy. Older boy for older boy, you know what I'm saying? Um, so anyways, this bus is super creepy. They basically make the orphans get on the bus and they're like, oh, there's some peanut butter and bread in the back. I love that line. I was like, oh, cool. (laughs) Okay. I think it's really nice that they fed them. I mean, me too. I agree. Uh, I just love the like, yeah, there's some fucking peanut butter and bread in the back. Like, go eat it. That's what kids (laughs) eat, right? Um, and they're, like, sitting there in the back of this bus eating peanut butter and bread, and this bus looks like, I don't know, like a staff lounge or something? It's huge. It's, yeah, the, the, the laws of phys- physics do not apply to this bus, because, you know, most buses, <laughs> narrow, finite space. Uh, this bus, infinite space, seems to go get wider as you go along it. <laughs> Because, yeah, like you said, it's basically like a lounge room uh, that they, their kid, the kids are eating their peanut butter. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, and here we actually get Chrissy, who's like not a fucking total idiot, being like, I don't buy the whole arresting runaways thing. That sounds pretty fucking fake. Right. And like, yeah, that makes zero sense. Why would they arrest runaways? Right, right. Like, uh, runaway six-year-olds. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then Bonnie, in another moment of clarity, is realizing, like, yeah, this bus is really shitty. I wish we didn't run away from the mansion we lived in. Uh, right. And then they're like, yeah. They, yeah, they actually, and then Danny's like, you ran away from a mansion? They're like, yeah, they actually took really good care of us. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you fucking dumb bitch, Deirdre. Where, like, look where you are now. Right, you're eating, like, stale bread and peanut butter with, like, Mick and some other porn star Ramon, in the back Ramon, of a dilapidated... Ramon. Yeah, Ramon in the back of a dilapidated school bus. Exactly. To which Danny, you know, uh, astutely points out, you guys are, like, the dumbest girls I have ever met. <laughs> which is, like, thank you, Danny. I have been saying this since, like, day one. 
And Chrissy concedes to that point. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, which I also respect. Really I'm like, I, I wrote myself into a hole in this one. <laughs> Better call it out. I mean, that's what she gets, though, for following Deirdre. Very true. Very true. Very true. Like, Chrissy put herself in that position, I guess, to protect Bonnie. Right, but right. I don't know. Bonnie, to me, has, like, not a single brain cell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bonnie, that eyeball <laughs> surgery just, like, really fucked her up in the head. She's very open to suggestions now. Because they just, like put an ice pick in her brain while they were at it like <laughs> fuck dude uh, basically yeah the uh, the eye job was also a lobotomy of the two for one <laughs> um so um in the meantime the holograms are looking for the orphans and the guy from child services shows up um and it's like where the fuck are they and then ashley comes out and she's just like, oh, they're handing out flyers for the benefit concert. To which, like, honestly, cred to Ashley. You know, I'll call it out because that was that was quick thinking on Ashley's feet. She really saved Jerrica. Like, she's wearing like, Jerrica's wearing a shitty headscarf. Ashley already knew it was going <laughs> south. She's like, let me step in here. <laughs> right. Like, we cannot let a woman with a shitty headscarf and shitty hat collection raise a bunch of at-risk youth. Right, which is exactly what we were all thinking. It's what the social worker was thinking. <laughs> These kids are also missing. So, Ashley, good save. Um, but, like, my issue with this here is that, like, you can't lie to Child Protective Services. Like, you could just say, like, yes, they're missing. Like, please help us find them. That is true and very irresponsible on Jerrica's part. Because, like, yeah, these kids are missing, dude. You want all the help you can get. Right. You're not going to listen to fucking dumb bitch Ashley. Right. To which I also thought it was very strange. This social worker is immediately like, oh, okay, I believe you. <laughs> but if I don't see those right. girls at the charity concert that is potentially days away, you'll lose all your orphans. <laughs> it's like, what, dude? Like, you're just going to take that bitch Ashley at face value? Right. And, like, she clearly made that up on the spot. Like, everything about her voice and demeanor suggested that that was a lie. Right, right. But that being said, though, I can understand how one could be taken aback by Ashley's hair and then not <laughs> really able to register anything else or think clearly for at least 90 seconds. Yeah, he was transfixed. He was hypnotized. He was momentarily blinded. Exactly, exactly. It's happened to us all. Don't worry, <laughs> social worker. I still like your, like, stoic, stern vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, like, you know, all business all the time, except for the time when you just let this slide and like <laughs> walked out the door. Yeah, potentially let three little girls, I don't know, get murdered at the back of a fucking bus. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, that was that was good times. Good times, good um, times, good times. Good times with social media. Yeah. Yeah, Jerrica and the rest of them, like all, the rest of the adults quote-unquote, like, we're so limp-dicked in that moment, they just <laughs> let Ashley take charge yeah, of that Yeah, exactly. That's also, that's true. That is something we should point out of, like, yeah, Jerrica and all of the holograms let Ashley take charge of the situation. That's <laughs> like a literal life-or-death one. Exactly. That's where we are uh, in society, I guess. <laughs> we're at a low point, people. Not that I have to let you know. Right, we all know. Um, I just want to, like, shout out Shayna's outfit in the scene. Um, I did not like it. It was, like, a pink pajama top and bottom moment. 
Um, but it looked kind of like a dashiki, but like way more like pajamas. Oh, okay. Um, I, I didn't really catch if, it. If they went full dashiki, it would have been okay with me, but it just looked like grandma pajamas. Yeah, yeah. You can't like walk the line with something like that. Um, and of course, as we already explained, uh, Jericho was wearing a shitty, like uh, almost like a Tupac style, like bandana in her hair, <laughs> but it was purple and awful. <laughs> She could never. Oh, she could never. I could never. I and I've tried. You've tried. I have Michael, tried. I have pictures. Yeah, and I was like, no, no, no. This is not for me. <laughs> oh man, that was good luck. <laughs> um. Anyway, um. Cut to the misfits, Tech Rat and Eric on the roof, about to hang glide. Right. Um. Tech Rat is doing some tech thing. Right, right. Roxy is reasonably afraid of hang glide- gliding in a fucking city. Skyscrapers um, all around. None of them seem like trained <laughs> for it or have ever seen a hang glider before. That, right. that being said, though, I really enjoy their hang glider jumpsuits. Me too. I think Roxy looks the best. Roxy looks so great. Um, I like I like Pizzazz's. P- Pizzazz's looks like if the Nazis won World War II and then 200 years in the future, she would be like some sort of like, I don't know, prison guard. Ah. Like a futuristic neo-Nazi law enforcement jumpsuit is what I was kind of getting. And I like, honestly, I'm not opposed to that milieu of fashion. To the milieu of fashion, but like the act itself. Of course not. No one wants a futuristic (laughs) fascist society based off the teachings of Hitler. (laughs) Yeah, well, some people might. Some people might be super into that. Uh, Not us here (laughs) at Gem Girls. We like a good dystopian future, but not a Nazi based one. Right, exactly. Um, But yeah, Roxy definitely like has the best non-problematic look yeah yeah yeah. it's orange it has like a bunch of straps and stuff like that it's almost like like i don't know kind of like the straps kind of gave me like leather daddy vibes but not quite Mm -hmm. it was like it was like just enough into the territory of like bondage uh adjacent Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we love bondage adjacent yes we love bondage yes yeah beside it in front of it fully on top whatever Fully inside. Inside as well. Very crucial. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I really like how when Roxy's like, I don't know about this, man. Like, this is terrifying. And Eric is like, but it'll give you lots of publicity. Dude, all about that bottom line. I love it. I know. Um, yeah. So, like, honestly, my question is still, like, who hang glides in the middle of the city with traffic and uh, fucking skyscrapers? Tech Rat is... Um, affixing his laser. Right, because he, he, he has a fucking laser. Yeah, like, wh- I don't know why they need to test this laser right now in this fashion, but okay. Uh, but, and he give- yeah, go ahead. And he gives it to uh, Pizzazz to wield, which is an interesting choice. Yeah, the wrong choice, one might say. Uh, <laughs> let me give this weapon of destruction to the most unhinged of the group. <laughs> But Tech Rat, I'm assuming, is, like, on the spectrum, so he doesn't understand people. Tech Rat is so fucking weird, dude. Like, I get that he's supposed to be, like, a weird, like, potentially on the spectrum tech guy who doesn't really, like, go outside of his lair very often. Nor, like, likes being touched. Like, anytime he's touched, he freaks the fuck out. 
Yeah, he's like, Ugh. don't touch me. Like, don't, he's not even, he's not, his voice isn't even that classically nerdy. It's almost like, it, it's like a gravelly, like, ah, I'm going to murder you type situation. Yeah, it's super weird. Um, he's He seems like the kind of person who would like actually like dismember squirrels and shit. I don't know. Oh, 100%. I'm sure he ticked like, you know, in those like things that you did as a child to like make you, like you're probably going to grow up to be like a sociopath or a murderer. Tech rag got like high scores and all that shit. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And then like his parents maybe like threw him out of the house or locked him in a basement or attic. To which he then like, you know, did like a whole gas leak situation to make it look like it was an accident and like his parents died and now he's an orphan but like you know he wanted it that way because it's fucking tech rat right exactly he needed no people right, around right. him to, to which he then created like robot parents to serve him mm-hmm, mm-hmm, affixed mm-hmm. with the skin of his dead parents faces <laughs> So it's like kind of like Roxy the robot from the Jetsons, but like with like someone's like like skin face <laughs> over the over the top. Whoa, that's terrifying. Yeah, but that's like um, Tech Rat origin story. Uh, officially uh, he, canon. He uh, definitely enjoyed skinning his parents. I think that was his favorite part of it all. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But what made him really like blow his load was definitely seeing all the pieces coming together like putting the finishing touch stretching the face over the the robot right right he really likes that like that taut kind of like twingy like oh yeah i just got it perfect you know where you can like yeah. when you kind of like you know uh like poke or like flick the skin and it kind of bounces back that's what tech rat loves that <laughs> Did he, does he fuck it? Um, probably his mom and makes his dad watch, I imagine. <laughs> Tegrad is so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, Tegrad's the fucked up one in this situation. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, let's like gloss over that. Um, because as we, uh, as, as we launch off of this skyscraper affixed to wing gliders, we got our first song of the episode. Appropriately titled, You Want to See the View from Here. So as the misfits are careening through the sky, they're basically talking about how this, the view is great from here and we're better than you. Classic misfits. Yeah, classic misfits. Like, don't you wish you were us? Like, look at us. Right, right. We're I do so like great. the constant use of fabulous in the song, though, because they're always call, they're calling themselves fabulous a lot, which is like, all right, cool. Yeah, you are pretty fabulous. And I like how their hang gliders look, like, match their outfit. Very true. Yeah, great coordination on that front. Um, so basically they're like showering the city with flyers for their, uh, music award show. Um, they're swerving between buildings. They're causing accidents because they're dropping too many flyers, blocking people's windshields and they're crashing into things and people are shaking their fists at them. And yeah, everyone is mad about the flyers. Which, I mean, bad publicity is still good publicity. You know, getting your name right? out there. Uh, and as the song ends, we, like, kind of cut to Starlight Music, 
where Jerrica is just hoping the orphans will, like, hear about the concert. But much more importantly is what the fuck is she wearing? Um, she she yeah, is wearing, yeah, like, yeah. business robes. That's <laughs> the only way I can describe what the fuck Jerrica Benton is wearing in the scene. Well, she wore this outfit in the episode where they're in China. Oh, that, okay, it did look familiar. Yeah, it's, a, like, the Chinese suit, like, with some yellow robe and matching pants over it. Yeah. I don't know. It looked, it did not look good. I'm going to just keep calling them business robes and like, there's no (laughs) such thing as a business robe. I want a business robe. Now that I keep saying it, it sounds kind of fun. Uh, Yeah, it does. Yeah. (laughs) Like a business casual robe, you know? Exactly. You could be comfortable and businessy yeah, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totes profesh, totes comfy. Um, so anyway, Jerrica's nonsensical hope that the orphans will come to this fucking concert aside, um, she spots pizzazz flying through the sky on her hang glider, and she's really mad about it. Yeah, she's incensed, because uh, yeah, I guess they're getting this free publicity, or they're seeing the posters. And then we kind of cut back to the misfits, the other misfits who haven't died on their hang gliders. Roxy's still all messed up about it. And then Eric is like, where's Pizzazz? And Tekra's like, she's testing my new laser gun. And I love how Eric is like, you let Pizzazz loose with a laser gun? Like, what is <laughs> wrong with you? I know. I was like, thank you, Eric, like, for calling a bitch out. Yeah, because, like, dude, that was a bad idea. Um, so, yeah, Pizzazz is flying through the sky, and to her credit, like, the one thing that she tries to do with the laser is simply laser a mustache onto Jem's face on the billboard. <laughs> right, right. I also really like the laser, like, the, it's, like, the most lasery sound, like, or some shit. It's, it's straight out of the 80s. Um, and then she, like, actually, like, she, sorry, she accidentally, like, lasers the bottom of the billboard so that it comes crashing down. Right, because remember, people, this laser is, like, a real weapon. Like, it it can, like, apparently melt steel. Go go on. Right. And, um, she's like, oh, no, too much. But I'm like, pizzazz, out of everything that you've ever done and have given no second thought to like this is too much <laughs> i don't know uh i, I don't like, buy yeah, it. i like her like sliding level of rationality uh <laughs> i don't think she meant it i think she was like oops too much like sucks to suck uh so the billboard comes crashing into jerica's office glasses flying everywhere the holograms are screaming, and then we cut to commercial. Right. Which I think at this point we're getting a little... I think the whole cutting to commercial right when a character or characters are in a moment of peril or, like, seems like death is impending, it's getting a little overused at this point. Yeah, like, we know what's gonna happen. Yeah, we don't... Like, like every commercial break fine. doesn't need to... Like, you know, lives don't need to be on the line at every commercial break. Like, we're watching the show. <laughs> Right, there are other ways to create interest or suspense. Um, yeah, at least, I, maybe we'll see. Uh, but I don't know if uh, Gem and the Holograms is aware of that fact. Because we come back for come commercial and go figure, everything's fine, fee you. Uh, Pizzazz is very much like, oh, all right, you know, too bad, Jerrica, see you never. 
and the uh, the holograms see Pizzazz in her glider at this point, to which Jerrica, to fuck with Pizzazz, which justified, she did just, she did just crash a bill billboard into your office and you almost died. Um, <laughs> Jerrica then summons like a giant bird hologram that is truly terrifying, uh, to then scare slash attack Pizzazz. Who then also legit nearly dies because she's trying to run away, which what th she thinks is like you know a forty foot bird beast, right? <laughs> That's so terrifying. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah, Pizzazz truly could have died in this situation. She's like freaking out. Her hang glider is going everywhere. Um. She flies off of it. It crashes into a tree, and fortunately, she falls in some water conveniently mm -hmm. um which like that's nice because i don't think jerica needs anything else weighing on her conscience at this point yeah sure whatever jerica's conscience <laughs> i mean she almost killed pizzazz yeah that's true that's true i just don't think she'd actually feel bad if she did that i uh jerica's good girl routine is wearing a little thin these orphans know, right? have been missing for a long period of time yeah, like, if you truly cared about them, you would have called the police, put out a search notice for them, something like that. Exactly. I mean, Jerrica, I get it, but that bitch is out for number one. Right. Totally. Totally. So then we cut to, we go back to the abandoned bus with uh, the, the goon boys, uh, Mick and Ramon, queer icons, and they're basically <laughs> just, like, ready to work, Danny, and I'm just like, OMG, they have this little boy turning tricks on a street corner. This is too much. <laughs> And they actually even shoo, like, Deirdre and Chrissy and Bonnie off, because they're like, this is boys' work. And it's like, oh, okay, that's also fucking creepy. Uh, that's so creepy, dude. Super creepy. To which Deirdre is then like, all right, later, let's just get the fuck out of here. Like, like see you never, Danny. And I'm like, wow, Deirdre, huge bitch move. Yeah, that was so fucking ruthless yeah. of her to do. Uh, um, especially because, like, they're in this jam because of her. Exactly. Like, Deirdre, this is all of your fault. Yeah. Um, to which Chrissy is like, what about Danny? Like, and Deirdre's like, we should go to Starlight House. We can't take care of Nick and Ramon by ourselves. Um, but Chrissy, to her credit, is defiant and follows the boys anyway. Right. So, like, um, Chrissy, I hate you, but I kind of like you. you. You got a decent head on your shoulders. Like, you're still following that bitch Deirdre around. But someone's got to keep that those hooks alive. Yeah, like, she's kind of stupid and, like, you know, a little annoyingly altruistic. But she does have courage, which right. I respect. Yeah, I'm like spineless fucking Deirdre. <laughs> right, she's just out for number one. Exactly. Like, at all times. In the worst way. Like, not even in a Jerrica Benton way. Because, like, who are you, Deirdre? You don't even, like, you don't need to take care of number one because you're not number one. You know what I'm saying? You're the last on anyone's list. Exactly. Including your own. At least that's how it should be. Um, right. <laughs> and then we cut to a sensual, dark room where Eric is peering over the shoulder of Tech Rat. And, you know, like the setting <laughs> is ripe for some sort of suggestive boy-on-boy -boy action, which is great. Oh, my God. I love it. But what I'm saying in my heart is like, Eric, what about your boy Zipper? Like, why aren't you in a dark room peering over his shoulder? Yeah, what happened to Zipper? Zipper was like his bottom bitch. I know, I know. Like, 
like that I think it's just like Eric is getting with the times. He had his like his like his muscle man and now he's got his brain boy and like brain boy I guess wins out. Yeah, but I feel like Tech Rat doesn't provide the kind of affection that Zipper did, you know? 100%. Zipper was like there for Eric and like choked him out when they were fucking like he likes. I don't think Tech Rat does that. Yeah, I don't know what Tech Rat does. Like I, I have no idea. I think Tekra, he... like, is into kinky shit, but, like, outside of, like, yeah, like, playful choking and slapping and maybe, like, some role play, Tekra gets, like, way too into it. Yeah. To the point of, like, almost killing... 100%. He's in, yeah, he's into, like, bloodletting and shit. Yeah, like, he would cut him open, let some blood bleed, blood leak out, and then... I don't know, like, suck it? Suck the blood? Yeah, suck the blood and then, like, stitch them back together while, like, giving them a hand job or something. <laughs> <laughs> People do that, right? Yeah, that totally has happened before. Totally. Anyways, Tekrat's taking you to some dark places today. Uh, I know, I know. Anyway, so, like, Tekrat's working on his jammer. And he's basically, like, it's gonna be ready for the music awards or whatever, uh, so Eric can go fuck up Jem's charity concert, which, um, is pretty malicious on Eric's part. Cause like, dude, like they're out already out of the competition for the music award that you want to win. Now you're just fucking with them for the sake of fucking with them. Yeah, exactly. Like you've already won. Why do you need to like fuck up a charity concert for a fucking orphanage? That being said though, I kind of love it. It's like, you know, yeah, you've already won, but let me rub their faces in it. Yeah, for sure. Um, classic Raymond. Classic, classic Raymond. Classic Raymond. Exactly, exactly. He should quit while he's ahead, but he can't. It's a compulsion. Yeah, he has problems. Um, so Nick and Ramon are basically telling Danny that he has to steal something from an electronic store. And if he doesn't, they'll turn him over to the cops. Right. Um, Which, um, I mean... First flaw, I think, in this plan is, like, you're going to send a little boy to shoplift electronics? Like, what? Like, what, are you going to get him to, like, put a VCR under his shirt or something? <laughs> right. Yeah, electronics were pretty big back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, most of this scene, I'm just waiting for Mick and Ramon to, like, start making out and, like, do a little butt stuff. But you can take it away. Um, so... He basically also says, like, if you don't get something expensive, then you're still on the hook to, like, do shit for us. Which, like, we don't want, because we don't want Danny to have to turn tricks behind a gas station. No, 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 no. Unless you do, and if you do, you're a sick fuck. Exactly, exactly. Like, I would, like if Danny was, like, five years older, sure. Um, <laughs> but he's, like, 12, so no. Right. Um, so anyway... Chrissy and the gang are basically like, don't do it, Danny. Don't steal. Stealing's bad. Um, and all of the boys, young and old, are like, what the fuck are you doing? And then Danny's like, yeah, I'm going to put back this electronic that I stole. Right, like some sort of cassette player or something that he stole. Yeah. Um, then, like, a tug of war ensues. Nick and Ramon are trying to get this thingy back. And then all this commotion outside of his store makes the shop owner come out. And it's basically like, thieves, thieves. 
Nick like shoves him to the ground so aggressively. <laughs> Did you see that, Michael? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was quite the shove. He just, he wanted to get the fuck out of there. Because the cops come at some point. Yeah, he shoves him in the face, though. Oh, like, really? I didn't, I didn't see the yeah, face he shove. Shoves, yeah, he shoves his face and like knocks him to the ground. Wow, Mick, such an older boy. I know, old boy energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OBE, classic. Classic. Um, so the fucking cops come. Then we, then we basically, we cut into a song. It's like, they're running, and then we go into a song called Running Like the Wind. You never dreamed how far it would go. You never thought to look ahead. No, no, you let it get out of hand, babe. So look where it's led. So, so look where it's led. Basically, yeah, it's like Deirdre and the fucking, uh, the orphans running away from the cops. Right. So the police are chasing them in the alleys, the orphans are running away with the boys, and it's honestly kind of terrifying. Like, the police are, like, hounding them, and, like, the kids look so scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is pretty intense, but just in terms of the song and the melody... I feel like it's just, like, a pretty blatant ripoff of, like, Proud Mary and, like, Rolling Down the River. Yeah, probably. Like, if, if you think about that when you hear the song, and then you hear, like, dun-na, 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 it's, it's, like, I'm pretty sure the exact same melody. Interesting. I didn't notice that. I'm pretty sure. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to Jem's jumpsuit. It's pretty good. Uh, she's wearing, and then she's, like, looking at a photo of Deirdre, but the tears falling on this fucking photo of like, one, bitch, you ain't crying about Deirdre. So like, <laughs> kindly fuck off. And also the tears look like tar or something. Uh, it was just like, yeah. I don't know what's falling out of your face, Jim. She got that checked out. Yeah, I mean, like, if she's crying while she's like a hologram, like, how does that work? Oh, dude, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know either. I guess her tears are real. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, at one point, we I also want to give a shout out uh, because we get a requisite eyeball uh, fade, yes, in, fade yes, out. It's a cat like, eyeball this like, time. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, that's that's all I wanted to say about this. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, uh, of course, we, we got to talk about eyeballs. Lord of eyeballs <laughs> bears mentioning in literally at least I think we get another eyeball at some point in this episode. But we do, and it's a really good. eyeball. It is a really good eyeball. I agree, but we'll get there. Um, so yeah, the song ends basically with them trying to climb over a fence. Um, like a bunch of crates bunch of... at the bottom. Yeah. So they're climbing all these crates to climb over the fence and they all get over except for Danny, whose leg is snatched by one of the cops. Um, and then Nick throws a disc player at Danny, making all of the crates fall somehow and crushing the cops. Who's, like, seemingly, like, dead, potentially. <laughs> yeah. And Nick is like, look what you've done. But it was also his fault. Exactly, exactly. Murdering a police officer. Uh, and, of course, you know, at this high moment of tension, we must cut to commercial. Of course, of course. Which of I course. actually, I like this a little bit more for the fact that we already know that the police officer is at least unconscious. It's not like the cassette player is being thrown at his head and then we cut to commercial and then... After commercial, like, it just veers by and he's unharmed. At least we know what we're getting when we come back to this commercial. And uh, when we do return, Danny thinks the cop is dead. Uh, and he's trying to help him. But I love how Mick, like, gives no fucks at all. 
<laughs> uh, fortunately, though, the cop is not actually dead. He's just, like, kind of unconscious or whatever. Um, and then the other cop pulls up with my boy Ramon, and the orphans get away in the kerfuffle. Um, right. And then we get, like, this... What I thought was, like, I don't know, like, almost a... Like, like celebratory kind of like walking into the light scene because one police officer has Mick, one police officer has Ramon, and they're like walking off into the distance in this alleyway with like light illuminating from the exit. And like, they're all walking towards the light together. And one, I just thought it was a beautiful image. I thought it was a little bit of like a, I don't know, mixed <laughs> visual metaphor type situation because it seems very <laughs> idyllic or idyllic, whatever way you want to pronounce that. Um, uh-huh. but then part three is, this is the start to, I, I swear to God, like at least 20 different porns of two attractive police officers arresting two attractive young youths. And now they're going to take them in the squad car and fool around a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely see that happening too. And of course, like now um, Mick and Ramon can like bone in prison without, um, society's judgmental gaze. You know what I mean? Cause they're a couple gays. Right. I think there'll definitely be a shower scene between the two of them. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. But they're always going to miss having their bus, you know? Right. That's where they fell in love. And had yeah, peanut butter actually. sandwiches. <laughs> Put peanut butter on their dicks and licked it, licked it off. Honestly, I have never done that. I'd be down. I, You know I love peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves peanut butter. If you don't love peanut butter, I'm sorry. Yeah, get the fuck off this podcast. Yeah, no, that's not acceptable. We love peanut butter here at Gem Girls. Right. <laughs> and we're talking that all natural shit. Don't give me that craft nonsense. I get it. It might be good in cookies or like if you need to go into diabetic shock, but we're talking Hundo P, just roasted <laughs> peanuts. None of that icing sugar shit. Um, question though, crunchy or smooth? I go I go both ways. Like I, I have no aversion to either one. I'm good with either. If you have a strong preference, that's you. All peanut butter is beautiful to me. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. I have a slight preference for crunchy, though. Oh, okay, okay. I, like, I, if anything, I would say I kind of do, like, smooth, maybe, like, a little bit better, only because if I'm using peanut butter in a dish or in baking as well, I like having the uniform consistency. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Um, but anyway, we could wax poetic about peanut butter Oh, dude, don't even get me started. Ever. This could be a fucking peanut butter podcast. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> A PBP, if you will. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, some stuff happens. We're no longer in that alley. The orphans have run away. Now where are we? Well, we get like a, like a brief moment at the Haven House benefit where like Rio's there for some reason. It's like, oh great, Rio's still alive. Whatever. Um, <laughs> and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like they're setting up for the concert. And we actually see more of these orphans. And like some of these orphans look great. Um, like, they have, like, pretty great outfits. There's, like, this one little girl with, like, pigtails and this, like, sick blue hat. There's one who looks, like, mad, um, like, kind of neon 80s. And then there's Ashley's there, so, like, I'm not, like, including Ashley in this fucking, uh, cabal of edgy orphans. Right, and can you believe that they got all of their clothing from the sales rack? I know, wow. Like, you know, fashion on a budget. <laughs> Good job, Starlight House. Um, so Ashley is basically 
there and she's like boy when i get my hands on deirdre and like punches her like there's a punching right motion right with right, her right. Hand. um i like that me too me too. i also was like really hoping for like a deirdre ashley like square off or like cage match and i was mm-hmm. like who would win Ooh, because they're both i feel like quite offensive i feel like deirdre is more muscle okay and like had more like brute force. Ashley will cut you with a rusty shank. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Ashley has more street moves. Deirdre agreed more raw power, but I think is more of a little bitch. Right, I think Ashley could take her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at her hair. Like, yeah, she definitely will shank you. Yeah, for sure. So as these um as yeah as these uh, as these orphans are there like looking at the show or whatever, the social worker is also here. Um. To which, Je- like, he's basically like, hey, those orphans that you said were gonna be here aren't here. And Jem is like, oh, can you come back later? And he's like, yeah, okay, sure. But if they're not back, <laughs> if they're not here when I'm back later, there'll be a reckoning. It's like, dude, you are the most <laughs> lenient social worker in the world. The lives of children are on the line. It's like, ah, I'll get, to- yeah, sure, sure, I'll come back later. It's so irresponsible. Um... But, like, okay, it worked out for Jerrica. Right, Not so right. much these children. To which, uh, these children, they're, like, eating food um, at uh, some burger joint. Um, Deirdre is like, Danny, you should come to Starlight House. And they're like, oh, no, but it's for girls. Uh, to which we get this line from Danny of, I'm a guy. I don't need your help. And I was just like, wow. You know, the patriarchy hurts men, too. Right? It really, truly does. Like, Danny, you're willing to, like slum it on the streets of whatever city you're in starving you have one dollar at the mercy being at the mercy of like random older boys who may or may not like use you to turn tricks who a random older boy that just that send a spine a shiver down my spine go on <laughs> right? who like take you to their creepy fucking buzz <laughs> uh, uh, i meant shiver down to my spine in a good way i love a random older boy but go on oh my god and you're willing to do all of that because you don't want to seem like a sissy? Yeah, it's, I mean, Danny, like, I, I, I understand because from the brief moment we saw of his home life, it seems like his father was quite to- toxic in his representation of masculinity. So mm-hmm. I understand this is not necessarily Danny's thought process, but what he's been told and what, I mean, I'm sure that's exacerbated by him being on his own. Like, no, I have to take care of myself, otherwise my dad will be... I don't know, like, ashamed of me further. I can't accept help from little girls. Uh, yeah. Which is fucked up. Unfortunately, Chrissy comes in with another moment of clarity of, like, that's fucking stupid and you're an idiot. Like, you need help too. Right. Like, even if you're a boy, it doesn't mean that, like, you need help. You don't need help. Um, and then some older boy, another older yeah, you got another boy. This, older one boy. A, this one is a good boy. He's a good boy, um, but also, like, nosy as fuck. Yeah, super nosy. Like, but to be to be completely fair, he sees this group of like ten year olds, like without any parental supervision, like eating a burger, talking about like, you know, having no money, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he's like you yeah. guys. Yeah, like if you need help, you can go to the Haven House. If you need to talk to someone, they have counselors there, and he basically gives them a number, um, which Chrissy encourages Danny to call. Um, your, uh, take on this character was much more positive than mine. My, 
my written note is mind your own business, pedo. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's very Elon Musk of you to say. Wow. Uh, I don't know if I'm offended by that or just shocked. Uh, I don't know. Like calling random people pedos. That's true. That is, that's Elon Musk energy. That's, that's, you're, you're right. I should just own it. Yeah. Yeah. Me. <laughs> well, no one needs more of that. He's enough. Elon Musk is enough Elon Musk energy for the, like the planet. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, so they call the house, they get the address. Um, and Oh, actually, before we go to Haven House, we miss a quick cutaway to the Music Awards. Uh, and the Misfits are pulling up on the red carpet in full Mitch witch mode, dude. I have never seen them look witchier. Uh, they're basically wearing these, like, thin, like, tight-fitting dresses. And Roxy and Stormers have, like, black frill cutting on it. And then they have, like, a red and, like, a blue dress. And then pizzazz is like a black dress with like another um, kind of colored black lining on it. And they look, like I said, it's like spell crafters or witchcrafters, spell casters to the extreme. It's great. Yeah, they do. But it's like in a very like 80s prom way, but also kind of Flintstones. Very true. That is a good read. It's those two combined with an air, an aura of the supernatural. Yeah, I I really enjoyed these outfits. Me too. Really. I thought they looked great. Um, in this scene though, at one point they like show this girl's face in the crowd, and she has like these round white eyes with no pupils and no irises. Oh, that's terrifying. And it was <laughs> that was super creepy. That was like a low eyeball point <laughs> for this episode. Um, you know what? The Lord of Eyeballs takes eyeballs in all shapes and forms. Uh, <laughs> He loves a good iris, but, like, not necessary. Yeah, I mean, like, Synergy doesn't have irises either. Mortal um, eyeballs stole them. That's the backstory to that. Oh, wow. So now they're just voids. Right. I like that. Um. Anyway, yeah, the Lord of Eyeballs, like, works wonders, works magic in the show. He does. He has a very strong presence. He was actually <laughs> the unaccredited showrunner. It was Christy Mark's Lord of Eyeballs, but, like, Lord of Eyeballs is like, yo, dude, I'm already a lord. I already got a bunch of eyeballs. You take this one. <laughs> but also, he doesn't want people to know he's out there being the Lord of Eyeballs. That's true. He runs a very, like, guerrilla tactics influence campaign. <laughs> He wants the eyeballs at the forefront and very present, but also he doesn't want you to think about him too much that you know there's a lord behind the behind the eyeball <laughs> pulling the strings. Right. No one wants to know that their eyeballs are on strings. Right, right. That are right. Being exactly. The Lord of Eyeballs, he works in mysterious ways. That's we can just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, that's, there's no more to say about the Lord of Eyeballs. I don't want to, like, incur his wrath or anything. Exactly. I love my eyeballs where they are. Lord of <laughs> Eyeballs, we can stop here. May you rest. Not rest. May you continue to, you know, populate the planet with your all-seeing gaze. That made no sense. Continuing. <laughs> and uh, as many eyeballs as possible. Exactly. I got two of them. If you need them, you can have them. I'm just saying, right, like, yeah. you know, give me a minute with them longer, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy sight. Um, thank you. Best, best, best of the senses. Just saying that. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think hearing is pretty good. Touch too. is pretty up there too. I gotta say. Touch. Yeah, the sense. Yeah, but like, what's so good about touch, dude? I mean, I am not a virgin like you, so I'm aware <laughs> of the pleasures of the flesh. I'm just saying, it'll happen for you one day, Jocelyn. Like, you'll understand. I don't know. Some of us are trying to get to heaven, Michael. I know you're too far gone. Dude, yeah, I'm up in limbo with the Lord of Eyeballs. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, So, I don't even know where we (laughs) were. We're now at the scene where the orphans do go to Haven House. Yeah, but everyone's gone for the show. Um, but fortunately, Dance is there. She's like just leaving, and she's like, "Dance, like, oh, you're all runaways." And Chrissy's like, "Yeah, and especially Danny." And it's like, "The fuck does that mean, Chrissy?" He's like, "Yeah, he's the most runaway of all the runaways." What? Well, he's like a runaway, runaway. Like he can't. He has nowhere to return to. But the other girls are orphans, so like Danny technically still has parents alive. So yeah, he ran away from them, but. Chrissy and the crew ran away from the, you know, not even, like, their fake home kind of thing. They don't even have parents to go back to. <laughs> their fake home. <laughs> I don't know. That line of logic made no sense. Maybe Danny is the most runaway. Whatever. Um, I just want to, like, point out Dance's fucking outfit. What is she wearing, um, dude? Like, why are you wearing, like, this big purple cape? And, like, her hair is already absurd. It already seems like a couple of capes are glued to her head Very under true. her real and hair. To a, and yeah, to attach a giant purple cape, like, underneath that mop top is a lot. Yeah, I was just like, whoa, like, did she just, like, get more weave at one point? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's just a horrible purple cape over a denim fringe jacket? And I was like, why was the cape even necessary? I kind of love the cape, though, I'm not gonna lie. You're wearing a jacket already. Why do you need a cape that doesn't even go with your jacket? I don't know. I, well, yeah, I don't know. Dance, dance is whole aesthetic. I don't understand. Yeah, dance in general, like, don't get her. Your name is Dance. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> have you thought about that for a second? Yeah. Have you really thought about that? Um, but anyway, um, dance is basically like, listen, like everyone's at the concert, but you can come and see Gem and the Holograms, which is super convenient for Jerrica, who did nothing to find these fucking orphans. Right, literally nothing. The orphans found their way back, like, with some help from Dance, who was obviously the better caretaker of children. Right. Um, They're like, yeah, Gem and the Holograms, woohoo! So they all go to this concert... And uh, yeah, we're at the concert, and Tech Rat's there, the social worker's there, uh, Jem is getting ready to get on stage, and everyone is wearing, like, Jem the Holograms are wearing, like, some sort of, like, I don't know, candy-themed outfit? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what, there's a lot of bulbous straps to, like, the tops that they were wearing. I don't really know what's happening. Um, I did like Kimber's low. It was kind of like a nice halter top. Okay, I, I didn't catch Kimber's. I was distracted by, I guess, everyone else's. It, it, I don't know, it was very... Willy Wonka E, you know? Yeah. Um, so the orphans bust in and they're all excited to see Jem. And Deirdre is like, tearfully, I owe Jerrica a big apology. And Jem is like, it's everyone's fault, basically. And like, yeah, you know what? It kind of is. It really is. It really is. Like, you're really fucked up uh, on that one, Jerrica. Yeah. 
Um, meanwhile, um, just as the holograms are about to get on stage, uh, Tech Rat is in the audience and starts using his jammer. Yeah. And, and it fucks with the audio, fucks with the lights. It gives off this weird feedback. And most importantly, Gem is starting to glitch on stage. Yeah, she's flashing um, pink and shit. No one really knows what's happening. Um, so she runs off stage and she turns into Jerrica. And she's unable to get through to Synergy, um, which is a big problem for their show. And then we cut to the Music Awards, where the Misfits won Best New Rock Award. Like, congratulations. Yeah, woo! Uh, to which the presenter of the award, I just want to give a shout out, she was very, very attractive, like super sexy, <laughs> Selma Hayek vibes. I thought she was beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. Pizzazz comes to the stage, like shoves Roxy away, and is basically like the kind of the worst in her acceptance speech, but I kind of loved it. Uh, to which she's just like, all right, we got this award, now let's go to the charity concert, to go gloat at Jim, and then they all have an evil laugh moment. Uh, you know, just, you know, bask in the bitchiness. Why not? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, so basically when they get to, when we get back to the stadium, everyone is booing Gem and the Holograms. Um, and Rio himself, who is supposed to be like head of tech or stage manager or whatever the fuck he does, he's like, I don't know what to do because there seems to be some sort of outside interference. And then Danny notices this weirdo with a half-shaven head and, like, rat face doing something on some weird contraption. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? To which, in the when I was watching it, I was like, Danny, why would you accost this stranger? But then when he described it to me just like that, it's like, yeah, how did he not know <laughs> that was the guy causing all the problems? Right. And, like, the thing is, the device he had in his hand kind of looked like a phone. But, of course, cell phones didn't really exist back then. Right. But, like, now if you saw someone doing that, you wouldn't be like, oh, that guy's using a jammer. Right, right, right. Yeah. Also, like, what the fuck is a jammer? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's not a jammer. That's just a phone. <laughs> um, Actually, this isn't a jammer. It's a disruptor. Right. Disruptor is a much better name than jammer. Jammer. Get him a jam. Jammer. Get him a jam on. My beautiful, my beautiful jammer. Uh and then, yeah, so Danny, like, takes the shit or, like, touches Tech Rat and he, like, screeches, like, don't touch me, in brackets, <laughs> only Eric can do that. Right, 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 right. Right, and then that destroys the jammer, and um, Jem reappears in all her uh, holographic glory, and we get back onto the stage, and they start the song, Friend or Stranger, to which, as alluded to before, strong eyeball opening. Yeah, was there an eyeball opening? Yeah, I yeah. I think there was an eyeball in the song. As soon as like... we start, there's like some sort of eyeball opening. Um, and I was like, okay, wow, all right, just sure. <laughs> it goes like eyeball opening, maybe space, and then dance is twirling or some shit. That's all I really right. remember. So like eyeball into floating keyboards and orphans in space. Right. And then there's a desert with like instrument tree things. And then you zoom out, and, like, all of this is happening in Jem's eyeball. Oh, yeah, also beautiful, also beautiful. Um, Eyeballs dance... contain worlds. 
<laughs> you never know. No one happens. ever thinks about that. <laughs> no one ever thinks about eyeballs. Yeah, just the ma- the magical glory and hidden depths <laughs> of the eyeball. Every and, eyeball um, has a story, Jocelyn. I say that all the time. <laughs> Do you think, okay, do you think one of your eyeballs has a different story than the other eyeball? 100%. Like, they're, it's like, they're like Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Like, they're partners, (laughs) but they're on their own paths. (laughs) Wow. Okay, can we talk about Will and Jada for a second? I think they're both gay. Oh, 100%. Like, Jada, like, for sure she is. Will, Yes. You know, and like they're married, but like, yeah, like you said, they're off on their own journey. Which I mean, I'm so there for that. I think Will Smith is bisexual. I don't know if he's like full on gay. I I can see Jada. I think she's maybe more into ladies, but like you know, she likes the, like the P and the D every once in a while. Um, and they just support each other in exploring their sexualities, which I think every couple should do. So your eyeballs are like Will and Jada then. A hundred (laughs) percent. I think my eyeballs are like, hmm, I don't know. I was going to say Ross and Rachel, but I hate that Why would you say that about your eyeballs? I don't know. Like they're together, that they're apart, that I have one eyeball and the other one's gone and then they come back together. I don't know. All right. You did lose your eyeball there for a while. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Came crawling back. Yeah, that's so. That's so like your left eyeball though to do that. <laughs> I know. Like I wasn't good enough for you then. Like what makes you come crawling back now? I, and you were really rocking that eye patch. It was. I don't know. Yeah. It was. It had frills. It was. You didn't need the eyeball back. <laughs> is all I'm saying. Like your right eyeball sold it. She is an independent lady. Left eyeball. Like you know. Of course, I want your eyeballs together, <laughs> Jocelyn. But I'm just saying. For the happiness of your right eyeball, you don't need the left. Right. And, like, I don't want my eyeballs to, like, my right eyeball to, like, become comfortable in being a couple again only for the left eyeball to leave her. Right, right. Which, um, I mean, again, this is, and I say this to everybody, it's very important that you <laughs> let your eyeballs know that they are independent and really support them through that journey. That's a beautiful message. Yeah, and it's true for eyeballs, it is true for <laughs> fingers, and that's it. I don't want my fingers to run away. Well, no, fingers tend to be a more cohesive unit, outside of for, for the fucking thumbs, like, freak shows. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, you do have to, you know, promote the unique personalities of every finger. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, and not enough people do that. Not enough people do it. No one talks about it. Which is, I mean, in this postmodern, you know, modern, no, I don't even know. In this, (laughs) (laughs) in this hyper-conscious society of race and gender and Mm, social norms, I'm just saying not enough discussion is given to eyeballs slash fingers. So you know what? Mm -hmm. Like if you're an SJW, maybe you should get your, you know, your warrior spirit. Where does that come from? Your eyeballs. So just like check yourself. (laughs) Right. Check yourself. Check your eyeball privilege. Exactly. Check your eyeball privilege. When you look into a mirror, look into the mirror at your eyeballs, not just at your face. (laughs) 
It's like one time um, a day. That's all eyeballs are asking for, you know? Yeah, they just need some recognition. Like, come on. So anyways, we're, um, uh, the, the, we're talking about this song. <laughs> right? <laughs> Friend or stranger. Actually, no, no. We should get back to who your eyeballs are, really. Um, hmm. Should we? We shouldn't. We uh, really shouldn't. Uh, okay. We'll come back to that. We'll get back to the discussion of the identity representations of Jocelyn's eyeballs at a later date. Right, yes. I think we need to meditate on that. Very true. Um, um, so yeah, this fucking song happens. Um, I'm also pretty sure it is a form of mind control. Uh, <laughs> because... <laughs> I don't know, like, didn't you get like kind of culty vibes from this song? Like, it's very hypnotic, and like everyone's holding hands at the end. And yeah, I just thought it was, I don't know, some light form of brain domination. No, I totally got that because not only are they holding hands, but they're like swaying side to side. Right, right. Like they're in a fucking trance. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, totally. It's like some real kumbaya shit. Yeah. Not the Um so like the orphans reunite in this music video, Deirdre and Ashley like reunite, and for a second it looks like they're about to smack down, but instead they hug, which is super lame. Yeah, super lame. And probably like speaks more to that mind control theory, Michael, because like they would not do that. Exactly. Otherwise. Exactly. Uh, and, and then, uh, yeah, it's pretty much like the song and then the song ends. Um, and Eric is, I don't know, I guess super pissed off because the show went on. I was a little bit like, that's unjustified on your part, Eric. Um, and Pizzazz, who's clutching this music award also seems to be engulfed by this hypnotic melody <laughs> and either sees the light and like sees that her selfish acts had, you know, no real purpose and meaning. And why is she always looking out for number one? And then she drops the award, which is like made of glass or something, which is also a representation of her selfishness mm -hmm. or much more likely she is entranced by this mind control, <laughs> drops the statue, has lost all brain capacity, independent thought. Okay, I'm going to offer a third alternative. Okay. Um, so I think that she's like, she feels defeated because she realizes that Jerrica is so far beyond like ego and all those, like, wor worldly trifles, like, awards and whatnot, that she just, like, gives up and drops the award because she's like, fuck, I can't defeat Jerrica. Like, to defeat her, like, I could only use the power of love, and I don't feel that emotion. Right. right? That's, yeah, that's a good take as well. Um, so it's a choose-your-own-adventure here, listener. What was Pizzazz thinking? You, you, you let us know. Uh, I also just want to point out that this fucking award was made of glass because she drops it and it immediately shatters into a million shards. Right. Usually awards are made out of metal. Yeah. Like, I don't think it would just break. Right. Um, but anyway, um, this is the end of the episode of the music awards. We learn that awards don't really matter. Um, and orphans save themselves. Yeah, you, when an orphan runs away, you don't try to find them. You hope they just come back. Exactly. And that's a moral that is applicable even to this day. 
If Child Protective Services comes knocking at your door, you lie to them. You lie to them. You get children to lie to them as well. And then you just, like, keep putting them off until eventually the problem solves itself and you're good. Yeah, and the the children services guy will be totally cool with it. Yeah, them. they're known for being super lax. <laughs> um. So, yeah, end of the episode. So... Who do we think is the baddest bitch of this episode? Baddest bitch of the episode, my vote goes to um, the maiden of aerial mayhem, the bitch in a glider with a laser, uh, my girl Pizzazz. I thought her flying through the sky, shooting lasers was maybe the baddest <laughs> bitch moment I've ever seen on this show. Um, Yeah, I did like her flying through the sky, like, drawing a mustache on Jem's face with a laser. Um, do I think she was the baddest bitch of the episode? Not really. I was gonna say maybe Chrissy. Okay, okay. I, I see where you're coming where with the Chrissy, but I feel like she was just like a rational bitch, not necessarily a bad bitch. And I do think overt rationality doesn't mesh with badassery. Interesting, but she did follow Danny when Deirdre was gonna bitch out. That is behind. true. That is true. I gotta give points to Chrissy there. Um, yeah, but like okay. she was just kind of like she's annoyingly good. That's the one thing that's like holding me back from giving her this title. Yeah, that's like that's also my hesitation. Is just like ah, she was pretty weak a lot of the time. Mm hmm. Fuck. Um, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Yeah, because no one else really stands out. And no one else is really in, in this fucking episode. We can't even give it to Aja. Aja didn't do anything. Yeah. Stormer didn't do anything. Roxy... She was did... she was kind of scared for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jerrica does not deserve it. No, zero percent. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to go with Chrissy on Let's give one. it to I Chrissy. Think... I will give it to Chrissy only for the fact that she kept those other children alive. And that's pretty badass. Yeah, and she, like, got Danny some help and all that stuff, and she was, like, a responsible orphan, way more responsible than Jerrica was. 100%, 100%. Uh, okay, so Chrissy, baddest bitch of episode 14. You, you got it. Good going, girl. Um, but then the award, which I think has much more stiff competition, weakest bitch of the oh, episode. Yes. Okay, the weakest bitch or the biggest bitch? Right, biggest bitch, technically. So, I mean, the obvious off the top. You got your Deirdre's. You got your Jerrica's. Uh, <laughs> you even got, well, eh, tech right a little bit. He was kind of a big bitch, like, always talking about, like, don't touch me, you know, my, my gadgets. <laughs> my jammer. Yeah, my jammer. I mean, like, Eric should have been like, it's okay, like, I'll jam. I got a jammer for you. Yeah, I'll jam, jam my, my dick, dick up your... your... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, um, nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah, I don't. I kind of enjoyed Tech Rat. He didn't really bother me that much. So really, it's, um, then we're talking about a Deirdre versus Jerrica showdown here. Yeah. Okay. So Deirdre, off the top, like the worst. She's right. the worst orphan right now. Um, horrible fashion sense. Was going to bitch out on Danny, even though she got all of the girls into trouble. Um. Yeah. What else did she do? Um, you know, she... Well, 
Wait, 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 was that Chrissy or was it Deirdre who got him to go to Maven House or Maven House, whatever the fuck it's called? No, that was Chrissy who got him to go. Okay, so yeah, Deirdre literally did nothing except be the worst. Um, okay, so of course, you know, Deirdre had a lot of like high profile moments of dumb bitchery, but my argument for Jerrica is one, she's not a fucking little girl and should know better, and two, I feel like her. Like, she was, like, a huge bitch about really not doing anything to find these lost orphans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was, like, highly problematic. And she's, like, trying to lure them back in by showing them how good of a person she is by doing a benefit concert. So it's like, you're not even doing this benefit concert for Haven House. You're doing it... So that you look better, so that you don't have to actually go out and find the orphans right, yourself. Right, right. And she also like never like went out to go look for them. At least that we like we really saw. And it's like Jericho, like what are you doing? Like where are your priorities? That was mad bitchy. And then you lie to the children's services <laughs> guy. I mean, which is like kind of funny, but like also like what? No, Jerica should get this one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, she also wore that like fucking purple scarf. Thing. dude she wore that like weird business robe chinese outfit so true you're right you're right you're right you are <laughs> not in china madam and you shouldn't have worn that in china right you should have worn that never exactly that is not a look that you can pull off yeah. my dear jerica can't pull off business robes um we'll we'll see if anyone else can forthcoming line of fashion from gem girls the business robe right yeah, for sure. Um, so anyway, with that, um, that brings us to the end of another episode of Gem Girls. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, you can definitely do that on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. All of our accounts are uh, Gem Girls Podcast, um, all one word, on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, you separate the words. And you can also, yeah, find our website, also gemgirls.com. And while you're searching this out frantically on social media so you can get those, <laughs> those hot, hot memes, uh, you know, you have your phone out. You already have your thumb on the fucking little pad thing with you. <laughs> what you should just do, it takes no energy at all. It takes no energy at all. You're going to thank me later. It's just wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcast, uh the other podcast places. <laughs> uh, what you can do, and it really helps with the show and spread the word of eyeballs, is rate us and review us. And by rate us and review us, I mean give us five stars and give us a glowing review. Uh, because we crave validation. Uh, our show is a five-star show, not more, not less. Uh, and it really helps us, you know, spread the good word of Jim. And also, it just makes us feel better about who we are. Exactly. And, like, we're hanging by a thread here, people. We talk about eyeballs for 20 minutes. Come on. <laughs> Throw us a fucking bone. Right? We need help. <laughs> Desperately. And that rate of review will really help us. <laughs> right. We don't need, like, the help of a mental professional. No, 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 we no, We just no. need validation. In the form of your five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you right. find podcasts. <laughs> right. Um, so with that, I'm Hakuna Matitis. And I am Orifice Jones. Uh, and until next time, faithful listener, stay outrageous. <laughs>